Welcome to Realcast, the weekly roundup of the real asset markets. I'm joined by Nicole Dines. And of course, over the next few days, ULI Europe will be bringing together industry leaders in Brussels for the annual conference. And we'll be there bringing you video interviews and content over the week. But what are the stories you've been watching, Nicole? Well, Real Asset Media held a briefing. Uh, we've gone back to, to live briefings as well as online on the RealX uh, platform. The debt finance and investment briefing in Frankfurt at the Core State offices there. And uh, Mark Holt, the group head of research at Core Estate Capital Group said that real estate is doing well considering the difficult economic circumstances. It will keep attracting capital because it is seen as an inflation hedge. And as we know, you know things have changed uh, dramatically uh, with uh, economic conditions, inflation shooting up throughout Europe. So the sh- short-term outlook is an increase in commodity prices, lower growth uh, across Europe. Uh, you know, supply chain disruption will continue and obviously uh, price inflation, asset price inflation. And he said it's not just a short term problem because inflation in the next 10, 15 years, Holt said, will be significantly higher than it has been for the last 10 or 15 years. So in a way, the party is over, party is over for real estate as well. He said there are people who worked in the sector for 10, uh, 12, 13 years. That, that's all they've known, incredibly low interest rates uh, and a sort of really the sort of the wind in their sails, as it were. That's that's not going to happen. Obviously, interest rates are increasing. Uh, so the, the times of the yield gap, uh, the yield gap is narrowing. But despite all that, real estate is still in a very strong position. There's a lot of capital, investor interest, and, and it's an inflation hedge. So it is positive. He said in uncertain times, what investors do is they tend to sit on the sidelines, sit on their hands. So the activity would be more muted. He expects, um, Coruscant expect H2, the second half of the year to be slower, probably back to 2020 levels. On the positive side, debt finance, which was obviously the subject of, of the briefing, is going from strength to strength because during the pandemic, traditional lenders were, ca- were always cautious and conservative, were even more so. Um, so that gave, uh, you know, opened the door for uh, alternative providers to come in and they've done so in a very big way. Uh, you know, risk aversion has led to uh, to these alternative um, forms and sources of capital coming in. Um, and there's a lot of room to grow because um, in the US, uh, it's um, alternative providers account for over 50%. Of the market, uh, the UK is it's quite far ahead because it, it started earlier. But continental Europe is still at a very embryonic uh, stage, so there's a lot of room to grow. Uh, Norbert Kellner or Berlin Hip said that senior lenders are being cautious, but they're also very aware that the market is changing. And he admitted, you know, there's definitely a lot of space for private debt providers to come in. In fact, he said that they and other senior lenders are actively cooperating with them. So that's a positive picture of the market evolving. And obviously, it's a win-win for everyone because obviously, especially for borrowers who have more options. So that's a good one. We also touched on the subject of ESG, which is obviously an imperative for all lenders. Uh, but this, there was pointed out there is no regulatory framework as yet. So there is open to different interpretations. Senior lenders have taken it on board very much so, driven by investors. For example, Berlin Hip, you know, they've been pioneering the fields and issued the first ever uh, green bond last year. And they've just issued this week a social bond, again, a first, which was four times oversubscribed, which just shows uh, the depth of investor interest in the field. Kim Jana Hesse of FAP Finance pointed out that while the institutional lenders have taken ESG on board, for most credit funds, returns are still more important than ESG compliance. So they will, they still have to grow uh, on that side. We also mentioned the problem of stranded assets, because obviously with ESG compliance increasing, there would be a lot of stranded assets. But Matthias Sandford, a core estate capital advisor, said that 
the positive side of that coin is that they, this would be an incentive to repurposing assets. And especially, obviously, for environmental reasons, but also because construction costs are going up, going back to what we were saying at the beginning about inflation rising and all the costs of materials going up as well as labor. Um, so that is an added incentive to repurpose this building. So that is the positive side. Really interesting, I think, to see that discussion around the debt finance and investment side and how that's actually changed hugely over just the last three months in terms of those concerns around geopolitics and inflation. Um, you mentioned Berlin Hip and the social financing side, um, and it was interesting to hear them leading the way. Um, and we also saw um, in the last week Credit Agricole and ING financing a Monday with a green loan and quite a lot of commentary around the ESG topic with Manulife's Oliver Williams highlighting indoor farming um, as the next generation of infrastructure investing. And very much playing into that crossover between um, real estate and real assets that we also discussed with Christoph Schumacher in our interview for Impact Magazine. Lots of discussion as well about retail and especially food retail in our recent events and interviews. And interesting to see Israeli investor MSDR acquiring a portfolio of nine car four hypermarkets in southern Europe, in Italy and Spain. But also interesting to see research from CBRE where the retailers are saying physical stores drive more online sales. One of the key topics which came out of the recent CE summit um, was also the likely continued rise of the logistics sector in the region. Um, so it was interesting to see um, this week that Blackbrook announced the development funding of a 45,000 square logistics facility in Poland. And Blackbrook co-founder and CEO Arby Luoma said that the project perfectly aligns with uh, their core strategy of investing in future-proof supply chain infrastructure um, to meet the growing demand across Europe. So expect to see more activity, I would guess, from Blackbrook um, across Europe going forward, but also in Poland and the region. Cromwell Property Group were also active in the logistics space with a uh, 126 million euro investment in six assets in Germany, Italy, UK and the Netherlands. Residential, obviously, a huge talking point as well. And we saw Catella being active investing 66 million euro in two resi for rent towers in Valencia. So picking up on all of those themes there of ESG, logistics, uh, as well as residential. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the real asset markets. Um, which will be our 100th edition of, uh, of RealCast. So look forward to seeing you then. Thanks very much for joining us.